Welcome to Overflow, the podcast exploring what is and is not inherently visible about those who build with Webflow. I'm Matthew Munger from the Webflow community team, and in each episode, we highlight the unique perspectives, passions, and experiences that fuel the creative mind of our guest. From Henley in the United Kingdom, we're joined by marketing coordinator at Edgar Allen, Jack Redley. Jack is an irreverent marketing aficionado and podcaster, extracting insights from failure with his guests on Webflail. In this episode, we discuss his love of the outdoors and languages, understanding that success is often preceded by failure, how to follow your passion and witness the law of attraction in action, and why if you need help, all you have to do is ask for help. Featuring Jack Redley, this is Overflow. Hey, Jack, thanks for joining me today. Hey, Matthew, thanks for inviting me on. It's a pleasure to be here. Let's start off with learning a little bit more about you and who you are. Yeah, sure. I always struggle giving an introduction because I don't really know what I do. I do loads of random things right now. So I work for Edgar Allen. I am a marketing coordinator. I essentially help organize competitions, write articles, do interviews with their clients for case studies, all sorts of different things. And then I also have this podcast called Webflow, where I ask intrusive questions to successful Webflowers about their three biggest failures to learn how they got to where they are, basically. Mm -hmm. And where are you located? So I'm in Buenos Aires right now, but I've very recently decided to come back to the UK just because there's some family stuff going on. I'm located in Buenos Aires Mm -hmm. currently. What drew you to Buenos Aires? What do you like about it there? I basically got offered a job with Edgar Allen on the condition that I was in the same time zone. Mm. So that kind of narrowed it down. And then they actually have a team in Mm -hmm. Buenos Aires. So I kind of came to join them in a co-working space in Buenos Aires, basically. What do you like to do there? What are kind of your favorite things or places? I eat a lot of empanadas. What kind of empanadas? Cheese and ham. It's a really nice chicken one that I eat quite often. They're way too cheap. And so I'm stuffing my face here, which is (laughs) not good. I'm in an area called Palermo, which Mm. is, it's a really kind of busy, bustling area with restaurants and bars. And it's a really nice area. But I really enjoy visiting outside the city on the weekends. So there's an area called Tigre, which is in the north. And I'm actually going to Bariloche next week, which is way down south by flight. I think I'm going to be doing more hiking Mm. and kayaking and stuff like that. I love being outdoors. I love shutting my laptop as much as I enjoy doing stuff on the laptop, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. When I have time off, I'm like, let's get out there and do some cycling or whatever. Mm. So yeah. And you mentioned that you're going back to the UK. What do you like about it there? I miss sarcasm. I think that's one big thing that I miss from not being in England. I feel a little bit like I need to go back to the UK for that as much as be close to family and the kind of basic fundamentals of human nature, I guess, Mm. as well. Going back to your roots. Yeah. So what does your workspace look like now that you're kind of traveling and more mobile, I assume? What's important to have with you? I've got this little mic, which I have done podcasts in Italy and Spain. And yeah, I kind of bring it with me at the expense of underwear or whatever else I need. So it's a (laughs) bit desperate. Laptop, trusty old laptop, very old, doesn't work very well. 
I kind of just work from wherever there's a desk or a chair. I'm not always traveling while working, just in case anyone from Edgar Allen is listening to this. I'm in my flat right now, which has big open windows and there's a lot of natural light. But then there's also a co-working space that Mm. I go to quite often to work in when I don't have so many meetings. Do you like to listen to any music or anything while you work? Yeah, I am constantly listening to stuff. If I'm not writing articles and I'm doing something that's more like visual, I'll be listening to Mm. podcasts. Love high performance podcast, how I built this, founders podcast, your podcast, Emily's podcast. I listen to great designing yeah. podcasts. So yeah, kind of constantly listening to random interesting people. And then also music wise, listen to a lot of Tiny Desk by NPR. It's amazing. Live music from an office where people play behind the tiny desk, but they get huge guests. Do you have any other hobbies or interests, things you like to do when you're not working? I am actually practicing the trumpet. I practice the trumpet every day just because I hate my neighbors. No, I'm actually trying to get good at the Mm. trumpet because my brothers thought it would be really funny to get me an instrument because I'm like the non-musical one in the family. And they were like, oh, if you could play an instrument, what would you play? And I was just like, I don't know, maybe the trumpet. And then they actually got me a trumpet. Do a lot of five-a-side football. So playing that every week. A hobby that I want to get into that I'm not into currently is pottery. There's this really nice cafe near me where they have all this beautiful pottery that they serve coffee and pastries on and all that type of stuff. Mm. And Mm. all the cups and plates are beautiful. And I'm like, I want to know how to make this. So yeah, that's a hobby that I'd like to start. Eating, cycling, sport, languages. I like reading as well. I think that's pretty much the gist. (laughs) I know you say you're an open book. But surely there's still something that would surprise people to learn about you. One thing that might surprise people is that I studied languages at university. Mm -hmm. So one of my random interests, which I don't talk about very much, is that I studied Spanish and Portuguese at university. And I lived in Brazil for six Mm -hmm. months and I lived in Spain for six months. So I love languages and despite studying them for a long time, I'm still terrible at them, but I'm generally quite good at impersonating people. I think that comes from this whole language thing. Hmm. And I think it's also really helped with the podcast because you've got to be approachable and welcoming enough with a stranger in order for them to trust you, Mm -hmm. to tell you strange things about them. So I guess maybe that's something that people don't know about. I think it's just my silly sense of humor that I like to do impressions of people and I think also just mimic body language because I find a lot of communication is not actually about the languages that you learn as much as understanding how people move and how people talk. And I try hard to fit in with different people by mimicking how they move and how they talk. What is your role that you mentioned earlier and how do you describe what you do? So for Edgar Allen, I basically do social media, article writing, I do interviews with clients, I organize competitions, and I try and help the community stuff as much as trying to get clients and trying to do content marketing on Edgar Allen's behalf. Mm. And then with Webflow, it's a lot more focused on podcast, articles, and newsletter. So essentially what I do is I try and help, I guess, younger me mm-hmm. at the start of freelancing. Because what I find is that Webflow University and Webflow resources are generally quite focused on the nuts and bolts of how to create a hero section, how to do these animations, whatever, whatever. 
But yeah. I find that freelancing a lot of the time is actually a kind of mental battle, a bit of a psychological thing to manage. And that's kind of what I really wanted to uncover. There's also a lot of people on social media saying how much money they're making and how great they are, which <laughs> as much as I think it's important to celebrate success, it's also important to highlight the fact that there have been a lot of bumps along the road in order to get to that successful place. And I think that's kind of critical for people to understand not just where someone's at, but where someone's been. Because a lot of the time, people have been very unsuccessful before they are successful. And I guess part of the podcast as well is about making people aware that they are going to fail, but it's not the end of the world. I think when you start Webflow, there is quite a steep learning curve with the platform. And I think it's such a shame when people are like, oh, yeah, I'm not good at this. It's like, you're not good yet. Mm -hmm. You're going to fail. You're going to get rejected by clients. You're going to get ripped off by clients. You're going to partner with this agency and they're going to mess you around or whatever. But that's part of it. And it's accepting that failure is going to happen, I think, is a really powerful thing to acknowledge. Being a marketing coordinator and being a podcaster, how is this different from what you might have imagined you'd be doing in your life? Well, I was doing Webflow freelancing. To be honest, I wasn't very good as a freelancer. I found there's so many different aspects to freelancing. It's not just about being proficient at Webflow in order to do what the client wants you to do. It's also just the whole sales and marketing and accountancy and all of that other stuff. Having a work-life balance. You know, I was working all the time as a freelancer. Mm -hmm. I was quite worried, wasn't sleeping well because of money. I'm not very good at the whole money thing, asking for money. There was a lot of different aspects to what I was doing before probably weren't that healthy. And I think that's partly why Webflow has been maybe more of a success than I expected it to be. Because I was the guy that needed Webflow. Right. And I'm the guy who's asking questions on behalf of other people that maybe are struggling a little bit as a freelancer and need maybe some quite basic questions answered, like, you know, how do you get your first clients? And they're not necessarily technical skills so much as just freelancing know-how mm -hmm. um, that maybe isn't talked about enough. Yeah, I guess I thought I was going to be a freelancer. And then this whole podcasting thing and asking intrusive questions to cleverer people than me has been a kind of more recent development of career that I didn't really think would go anywhere. Yeah, I've kind of just followed my nose. And then that's led to crazy experiences mm. like getting offered to come to work with Edgar mm. Allen. And I think Mason just thought, oh, this guy's weird. Let's get him to be weird for us. <laughs> and so that's kind of how this job with Edgar Allen came about. He was like, I just want you to do what you seem to enjoy doing, mm. but help us with Edgar Allen's marketing and talking to different Webflowers and growing the community stuff. And yeah, just generally kind of doing what I was doing with Webflow with Edgar Allen, yeah. really. So yeah, didn't expect it to happen. Love where it's going. And it's amazing to work with people that are just insanely talented at Edgar mm. Allen. What do you find excites you every day? What kind of motivates you to keep going? I don't know about you, but I bloody love asking people questions. Mm. I think my job is to be inquisitive and just ask people stuff and record that conversation and try and make sense of it for other people and present that in a way that they can also understand it. And yeah. I think that's super powerful just from the point of view of personal fulfillment. I'm learning something new every time I talk to someone mm. new. The folks at Edgar Allen, I learn something new every single day. I got asked this question the other day. They were like, if you got paid a million pounds to never work again, mm. what would you do with the money? But I honestly think I'd want to do what I was doing if I wasn't paid. I mean, 
I don't think you can do something like, you know, asking people for interviews for over a year unless you really love what you do. Like if you ask yourself, what would you pay to do? What opportunities would you pay Mm. to have in a work sense rather than, you know, what would you pay to avoid? I think that's a good sign. If it's something that you want to do just because you want to do it, then I don't think you should necessarily be motivated by ulterior motives. It's just a thing that you want to do. And if you follow that, then the money will take care of itself to a certain extent, Mm -hmm. I think. I mean, Edgar Allan would never have offered me the job that I've got now unless I was just super passionate about getting involved with the Webflow community stuff. So I don't think you need to kind of overthink it. I'm really big on just following whatever is in front of you. And, you know, if you're interested in, I don't know, Pilates or whatever, just do that, share that and crazy stuff will happen Mm. because you'll attract like-minded people and this law of attraction that I don't know how it works, but Mm. I really believe in it. What is a resource that you think more people in the community should know about? Ali Abdel's podcast, he recently did an interview with a woman who wrote a book called Squiggly Career. I listened to that Mm. podcast last night. Super insightful interview. If you're going to listen to one podcast today, I recommend listening to that interview on Ali Abdel's podcast. Book-wise, I recently read David Ogilvie's book, Confessions of an Advertising Man, I believe Mm. it's called. Really interesting book which I think if you are trying to understand human psychology, which might be to get clients, it might be just to understand people better, I really recommend that book. If you want to listen to music while you're working that's going to get you going, I recommend checking out Tiny Desks. One of my favorite ones is with a band called Karangbin. Random name, beautiful music. Mm. You can listen to that on repeat while you're working. Find it. It's amazing. Jack, who in the Webflow community inspires you? One person that I haven't heard people say that inspires them on your podcast is Glenn McWinney. Mm-hmm. He has worked with a guy called Max Haining on a thing called No Code Kids, and he's trying to educate kids in schools. He's partnered with different schools to teach kids about no code tools yep. and the no code space. And he's someone that he's not like shouting about himself on social media. You know, he's not talking about how much money he's making and you know, why subscription-based <laughs> models are the best thing since sliced bread and whatever. But he's just low-key someone that is doing amazing things for other human yeah. beings, and I seriously respect him. What is some advice that you would like to share with others? What is something impactful that you've learned? If you're in trouble, ask for help. There are people who want to help you that you're just not messaging. Mm. So just message them. People are way more sympathetic than you might think. People are nicer and more willing to give than you can possibly imagine. So if you need help, ask for help. If you're struggling with something and you're not asking for help, it's your own fault. You've just got to ask and you will never imagine the friendships that you can have. How can others in the community reach out and connect with you? Send me a message on Twitter, email, carrier pigeon. Yeah, you can send me a message on whatever platform, but I mainly use LinkedIn and Twitter. This was an Overflow episode with Jack Redley, produced by the Webflow community team, edited by Mia Miller, with music by Joseph McDade. To learn more about the Webflow community, please visit webflow.com slash community. I've been your host, Matthew Munger. Thanks for listening.